today in modern in the modern world with modern technology, we're dealing with a lot of new questions. We're facing new dilemmas in halacha that are, were, were completely unimaginable a hundred years ago. One of them is about childbirth and identifying the child with a parent, whose child, whose child it is. For example, we have the concept of surrogate motherhood. So a woman conceives and the egg inside is fertilized and then they remove the egg and after a short while and they move it, transplant it into the womb of another woman who's carrying um, the child all through gestation until she gives birth. So there's two women involved in mothering this child. There's the woman who conceived the child, and there's the woman who's actually carrying through the child through pregnancy and giving birth to it. The question in halacha is, who's the mother? And which is why in halacha they, they discourage people, because it, make, it creates huge problems and questions in halacha. Depending whose child it is, uh, can, she, can that child marry the daughter of the first mother? Or is the first mother the real mother and then her daughter would be his sister? Or the other way, can, can he marry the daughter of the woman that gave birth to it? Um, is that his sister? So there's a big machlag zapaskam in this. But surprisingly, in this week's passion, we have an incredible parallel to that. It says in the Gemara, it says in the, in the Gemara, the Gemara says like this, more comments on this week's parasha. It says that Dina had six sons, and after that, um, she had a bas, she had a daughter, and afterwards. Who cares afterwards? Why don't you say? And then she had a daughter. The Gemara says, V'achar means after she contemplated the consequences of having a boy. That means originally she had a boy. When she conceived the seventh child, the gender of that child was a son, a boy. But as she contemplated uh, during her pregnancy that if she had a seventh son and the maids already had um, together... Um, four sons, four sons, four Shvatim, then I wouldn't leave Rachel with two, would leave Rachel with one child, because there are only 12 Shvatim, and Rachel didn't have children yet, and she was hoping that Rachel will have a child, but there were only going to be 12 sons. So if he has now a seventh, there would be 11 in total that already came to the world, that would leave for Rachel only one son. That would be very embarrassing because she wouldn't even have the privilege of contributing to the family and to the shvatim, at least like one of the maids. It would be very humiliating for Rachel. So she davened that Hashem should change the gender to a girl. And then Hashem listened to her prayer and it became Dina, a girl. Now that's what the Gemara says in Brachas. Now this is a Gemara in Eden, where the Gemara talks about a different thing. The Gemara says that girls are a product of the father's contribution. In other words, in every childbirth, there's what the mother contributes, what the father contributes, uh, biologically. 
And so girls are really the result of the prevalence of the father's contribution in the process. Whereas uh, boys are more connected to the mother. That means it's the mother's contribution that prevails, and therefore it's a boy. That's what Chazal say. And the Gemara says, how do we know that from? From the story of Yaakov and Leah. When the Torah later on gives us a list of the children of Leah, it talks about the sons. These are the sons of Leah. It doesn't say the sons of Yaakov. These are the sons of Leah who gave birth, gave birth to them, to Yaakov. But he calls them B'nai Leah, not B'nai Yaakov. Because boys are biologically more connected and more the result, the product of the mother's input into the process. And the girls is the opposite, it's the father. And we see that from the same, same parsha there. It says, V'ez dinoi bitoi. Dino Bitoi, Dino his daughter. Dino, it refers to the father Yaakov. It calls Dino the daughter of Yaakov, not Dino the daughter of Leah. So we see that a girl is more connected biologically to the contribution of the father. That's a Gemara Nide. So Rebbe de Marshaw, there in Mesech de Nide, asked an amazing question. According to the Gemara in Brachas, Dino started off being a boy. And then along the way, she davened. Leah and Hashem changed her into a girl. Then why are we calling Dina the daughter of Yaakov? Dina started off being a boy. So she was the product of the mother, not of the father. The fact that she ended up being a girl, that happened later, but not during conception. During conception, it was a male. So something doesn't, these two Gemaras don't seem to fit. In the Mashiach, it says that the two Gemaras don't fit, but there is a Targum Yoinis and Benuziel. In this week's parasha, when it talks about Dina, Va'achar Dina had a daughter, Dina, Leah had a daughter, Dina, it says, um, he says like this, what really happened is that Leah conceived Yosef. She had Yosef in her womb. Rachel was pregnant also, and she conceived Dina. And Leah saw Baruch HaKadosh that Rachel is carrying a girl, that means that she won, and, and, and that Leah is carrying a boy, that means that Rachel will not have a chance to, to give birth to more than one boy, one of the Shvatim. She davened, and the davening was answered that the the, the the fetus, that means Yosef, that was originally conceived in the womb of Leah, was transferred to the womb of Rachel, and Dina, that was originally conceived in the womb of Rachel, was transferred by a malach into the womb of Leah. Okay. <coughs> it's a Yonis of Benazil. It's a very revolutionary idea. Revolutionary interpretation. Says the Marsha, according to that, we understand why Dina is called Bas Yaakov, because each child was all along that gender. The gender itself didn't change. What changed is the womb, the place where they continue to grow. So, therefore, the Gemara Nida makes sense. It's not consistent, of course, with the Gemara Brachas, but 
according to Yonis and Ezeel's version of the story of what happened with Leah when she davened, it makes sense because according to Yonis and Ezeel, it's not that the gender of the child changed in the middle of the pregnancy, that it was a boy and then it turns into a girl, is that Leah all along had a girl, uh, had a boy. It was Yosef. And Rachel all along had a girl. And it was Dina. And Leah davened and Amalek switched them over. So here we have a perfect situation of surrogate motherhood. Leah is carrying a child that she didn't conceive, and Rachel is carrying a child she didn't conceive. And who is Yosef considered, whose son is he? Many times in the Parsha, the son of Rachel. And who is Dina considered? She's the daughter of, of Leah. Later on, by Shechem, in Parsha's Vayishlach, Dina bas Leah. She's mentioned sometimes as the daughter of Leah. So, how can we say, so, what it seems from this, that whoever gives birth is the real mother. That's what some Puskim are trying to prove. But many are saying that this is just only a, a medrash can't pass kind of halacha from this. Which is interesting, but there's one other interesting parallel since we're talking about this question. There's a Gemara in Pcheres about an animal, you know that in the Torah, a kosher animal, if there's a, a, a female, a cow, for example, gives birth to the first child, first calf, never had a calf before, that calf is called a Bechor. And it's sacred, it has to be given to the Kohen. Nowadays we can't. So there is a, you wait till there's a mum, there's a blemish. So uh, the Gemara in Bukharis has a very strange scenario. The Gemara asks a question, um, and it's not resolved. The Gemara wants to know what happens if two cows in the field, one cow is pregnant with her first child, first calf, and she approaches another cow, and they sort of stick their stomachs together, and the fetus leaps out from the stomach of the mother cow, and leaps straight into the womb of the other cow. The one that's uh, leaning against the mother. And now the second cow is not carrying this calf to all the way to through gestation until birth. Now, the only thing is that the second cow already had babies before, had calves before. So for her, it's not a firstborn. But for the mother that conceived that calf, the original mother, it is a firstborn, a first child. Is that calf a bechor or not? How do we treat it in Allah? However, this is not such a good analogy. Because there, by bechor, the question is not so much the issue of affiliation, whose child this uh, Bukhar will be considered as. What's more is that the Torah there, by Bukhar, insists that who is a Bukhar? Petekol Rechem, the one who opens the womb first. So here there's room to argue, regardless of how we look at surrogate motherhood in generally, here the question by Bukhar is more the question, whose womb is this uh, calf considered having opened first? The fact that it opened his mother's womb and leapt outside, go to the other womb, is that an opening of the womb of its mother? Or because it was still premature, 
and only matured in the second cow's womb, and then opened its womb, is that considered that it opened up the womb of the second mother? So that's really the question, it seems. So it really would not be a good precedent for this question, it would seem.